0: Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio, talk, radio Show. talk Show.
1: All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans, Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I ever refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for February the 22nd, the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth and we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers and one of the peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. People say, Sam, why do you say that every single hour, every single time? It gets boring because you need to know what our reference point is, ladies and gentlemen. When they tell you that we're anti-government, they lie. We double down and give our lives for the sacred cause of the proper role of constitutional government. So when they tell you that we're anti-government, they absolutely are dishonest, folks. All right. Furthermore, when they tell you that we're violent... They lie again. We're the ones that are working on a website called The Clarion Call for Civility. We're the ones that really say, hey, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. No, we're not racist. They lie again. We're the ones that tell you that we're great because we realize God is above government, and any nation that does that will be blessed immensely. Any nation that turns their back on that will be in serious trouble regardless of their color of the skin or anything else, ladies and gentlemen. These are simple Fundamental, eternal principles that we adhere to, and we are convinced they work. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, a one and only, or I should say a a one-of-a-kind radio broadcast. There are no other talk shows like Liberty Roundtable Live because we promote God, family, and country. We protect life, liberty, and property. We believe in the fundamental principles that make America great, people great, societies great. You know what? When you obey the author of liberty, great things happen. Let's just simply say it that way. And when you don't obey the author of Liberty's commandments, guidelines, if you will, blueprint for freedom and happiness and prosperity. Okay, God's plan is a plan of happiness, folks. Make no mistake about that. All right. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you had a delightful, absolutely fantastic God family country style weekend. I know I did. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's go back to our Friday's broadcast. We had Lowell Nelson campaign for liberty.org with us, Ron Paul Institute.org. We talked about Ron Paul responds to reports that President Biden may restrict, restrict interstate travel. We pray Joe doesn't do that. If he does, it would be an absolute disaster. If President Biden were to issue such an order, it would be the most tyrannical act of any president ever in America. Do you want to deploy troops and militarize state lines, Joe? This would further damage the economy and hurt all Americans. Don't do it, Joe. Don't you dare do it, my friend. We also talked about the the anti-terrorism screws. Tighten on the American people. Jacob G. Hornberger wrote that incredible piece. We talked about incitement is the new terrorism. Peter Van Buren writes that piece. Great article. We talked about mindless mask mandates. Likely do more harm than good, Dr. Joseph Mercola. Joe slips, that's Joe Biden, and tells the truth for once. Yeah, Biden claims we did not have a COVID vaccine when he took office. He's right. Why do I say that? Because the COVID-19 mRNA shots are legally not vaccines. Dr. Joseph Mercola explains this. He says, did you know that the mRNA shots are not actual vaccines in the legal definition of a vaccine or the medical definition of a vaccine, and I add, or the moral definition of a vaccine, they do not prevent you from getting an infection. They do not prevent the infection's possible spread or you to be a carrier or a super spreader. They are really gene therapies that are experimental. Let me say that again, that are experimental. That's critical to understand. Second hour of uh, Friday's broadcast We also had our guest on, Dr. Scott Bradley, to preserve the nation, his goal, freedomsrisingsun.com, his website. And we talked about touchdown, not NASA rover lands on Mars to look for signs of ancient life. Mars, folks, is about 140 million miles from Earth. I don't believe we went to Mars for one second. The moon is about 250,000 miles from Earth. Yeah, pretty far, huh? 140 million miles to 250,000 miles, and we can't even get back to the moon, folks. All communication, they say, between Mars and Earth goes through satellites. I don't believe that either. If we can get to the moon so easy in the past 50 years plus ago, (sighs) then why the heck can't we use that as our, quote, median point for communications, huh? Why go way down to satellites? Why aren't we even using the space station? All right, we talked about Kim and Kanye is divorced. Kim files papers after six years of marriage. Sad tale to tell our prayers are with Kim and Kanye and their children because the children, don't you know, suffer the most, ladies and gentlemen. That's always true, isn't it? All right, that's a recap of Friday's broadcast. We were live on Saturday, too, by the way. And Sam sounds off and delivers a monologue, an emotional monologue on the Rush Limbaugh tribute, Rip. Rush, country star John Rich reveals a secret. Did you know that Rush Limbaugh donated $100,000 to St. Jude's Children's Hospital, but only under the condition that it's anonymous? Yeah, John Rich, country star, revealed that, but waited till Rush passed away to reveal the details of that. And it just goes to show how much more did Rush do with his money that was good that we don't know about, huh? Don't know, but I suspect that the donations of Rush are endless. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we talked in detail about Bo Snurdley. That is the producer uh, for Rush Limbaugh. Our beloved Rush has returned his talent to God. Yeah. James Golden is his real name, and he's a black gentleman. And he went off in tears saying, and people claim um, Rush Limbaugh is a racist. It's not true. I'd be probably washing dishes or uh, doing something else if it wasn't for Rush. So James Golden, the black man, behind Rush Limbaugh, the guy you probably didn't know much about, but a guy that did a tremendous job. Anyway, great for James Golden, who will take over the Rush Limbaugh show. I hope it's Donald Trump. Time will tell, but Donald's got to remain relevant. All right, we also talked about my open letter, a clarion call for civility that I wrote back in 2016. And we talked about the cancel culture, points to big question. Are students learning about freedom of speech? cancel culture trying to take all of us out, ladies and gentlemen, anything moral and good and honorable they're trying to jettison. It's a sad tale to tell. We also talked about Governor Kristi Noem says there will be no mask mandates in South Dakota. She slams the CDC for their dishonest details on their, quote, double masking idea. Good for Kristi Noem, one of the only stand-up governors in America today. Facebook, now the arbiter of truth on climate change i guess they're putting together a uh, i don't know what you call it a, a truth telling group yale cambridge experts etc they say to debunk myths <clears throat> i'm sorry debunk myths of global warming or climate change deniers aren't more worldnetdaily.com so now you're going to have the uh, you know people jettisoning any fake news if you deny the climate it's fake news they're going to shut you down facebook out of control School board mocks parents, gets caught. Unfortunate remarks go viral. I guess we're talking about Oakley, California, and I guess a bunch of people had to resign after virtual meetings where the parents are getting trashed, goes online. Bad taste, to say the least. And my response to it is very simple. You know, parents, just pull your kids out of the government school. You want those people who mock you and they get caught, so they resign. But you want those people to mock you, and those are the people that are going to teach your children? Have you lost your minds, people? Jettison the 10th plank of the Communist Manifesto. That is government public education funded by the taxpayer for all. Get rid of it once and for all while you have the chance. I think the shame's on you parents if you get mad at the instructors and mad at the school board for mocking you, and then you keep your kids in the same cesspool. I hate to say it, but you almost deserve what you get. Cancel culture is coming for me? They are coming for you, and they are coming for us all, ladies and gentlemen. Let's be very clear about that. We also talked about a poll. Is Nancy Pelosi's idea on how to investigate the January 6th, quote, Capitol riot a good idea? No, because we don't trust the people that they would put in place to do the investigations. It'll turn out like a a Ken Starr fiasco and never get to the bottom of anything significant, right? We also talked about a petition to have Cadbury's latest commercial taken off air. Yeah, issue, um, people that are involved in this uh, effort to get rid of Cadbury's latest commercial are mad because Cadbury had a same-sex kiss on TV. People are mad about it. Amen, I get it. Jimmy Kimball goes to town on Ted Cruz. There he is, snake on a plane right there. I don't understand why we always turn to government to solve all of our problems in the first place. Why, when the power goes out in Texas, do we look at our government for everything? Why are we thinking Ted Cruz, the senator, he has no skills in power restoration? He has no skills in any ability to do anything to restore the Texans' problem because of a gnarly ice storm? Why look at Ted Cruz and mock him for going to Mexico? Hey, you made the guy rich. Look, we pay congressmen and senators plenty of money. We treat them like rock star elitists, and then we're mad when they behave like it? Folks, you got to look inward a little bit and look in the mirror and go, hey, why are we doing this? Why do we turn these people into rock stars? And then when they can't help us or when they betray us, we mock them. Why do we do that? Sooner we come to our senses and rely on ourselves and our families and our loved ones and our neighbors and we go local. The sooner we do that, the better off we'll be and tell them we're going to be in nothing but more trouble. All right, Florida women, two of them dress up as grannies to get the vaccines. They got caught. They were only 35 and 44 years old. Why do people want the vaccine so bad? I just don't get it. Also, an Alaskan woman, her name is Shannon Stevens, she went to use the restroom in Alaska in an outhouse and a bear her, or bit her in the derriere. Oh, yeah, a bear got trapped in the porta potty, too, I guess, huh?
2: You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems, at all times and in all places, is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids.
3: Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault,
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, Lowell Nelson, Campaign for Liberty.org. Welcome back, brother.
4: Thanks for having me, uh, Sam. I appreciate the opportunity.
1: Man, we got so much to talk about. Incredible column written by Sarah Lilly. Lowell?
4: Yeah, she posted this uh, column at AmericanThinker.com just last Thursday. Uh, turns out that, uh, Sam, I don't watch the lame stream news much anymore, but Sarah says this. She says basically that the corporate media have been replaying videos of the assault on the Capitol in Washington, D.C., almost ceaselessly <laughs> since January 6th, suggesting that it was the worst violence we've seen in American history. Worse than 9-11 and Pearl Harbor, she writes. Well, then she asks a very good question. She says, uh, pardon So why should I now be outraged by violence when it was celebrated by the same news media only a few months ago? Uh, She probably was referring, or the news media is referring, I'm sorry, she's probably referring to the violence of last summer all around the country, you know, sponsored by BLM, your local Antifa type. Uh, She continues here, isn't rioting the language of the unheard? Why must I mourn the loss of life on January 6th more than that? Of David Dorn or Oscar Lee Stalwart Jr., the man burned beyond recognition in a Minneapolis pawn shop. Why is the January 6 riot wrong, but burning a Wendy's to the ground is a is a befitting form of social justice? Uh, and end of quote. So you know these are very important questions. Experts like Joe Scarborough would say, well, you know they're not going to confuse the taco stand with the United States Capitol, really? Asked Lily. So why is the Capitol building more important than a taco stand, (laughs) she asked. The statists among us would say that the Capitol building is is the center of American democracy. While this Sarah Lilly would say, You find me an unemployed businessman who insists that impeachment is more important than his being able to work his business in the marketplace. (laughs) Great, great, great point. Lilly then asked, why is the Capitol building, building worthy of more grieving than the taco stand? The affairs that take place inside the Capitol are certainly more influential in public life than the taco stand, dot, 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 but not in a good way. And then she she, she mentions, you know, then she it launches into what the difference really is. She says, she asks, does the taco stand condemn our sons to death in the Middle East? Does the taco stand bomb civilians in faraway land? Does the taco stand create economic policy that reduces one's ability to work in a taco stand? Does the taco stand create regulations that make everyday items more expensive for the average civilian? Well, no, no on all accounts. The taco stand doesn't cause inflation, authorize drone strikes, or chastise me for using gendered language. The taco stand doesn't incessantly scheme for ways to siphon more money out of my pocket so it can promote transgenderism in Pakistan, or here in the U.S., I might add. The taco stand doesn't confiscate my resources to satisfy its insatiable bloodlust to extract the fetuses from lower-class mothers. The taco stand doesn't dictate where I can buy health insurance or how to teach my children math. The taco stand sells me tacos which is more valuable than anything Congress does, end of quote. Well, she goes on, Sam, but you get the gist of her sentiment. Basically, she makes the point that if the elite in the Capitol want respect, then they better make decisions that warrant our respect. And, of course, I get a kick out of her parting shot, quote, For a brief moment in time, you, speaking of the the congressman, you were treated like the rest of America. Get over it, end of quote. <laughs> How do you like that column, Sam?
1: Well, I think it's spot on, number one. And I really think this idea about understanding the language of those who are unheard. And, I, and I'm not saying that I'm defending rioter, rioting or defending violence or defending the uh, destruction of private or public property or property in general. I'm not defending any of that. But what I am saying is at some point, Ammon Bundy made this statement, and it's just stuck with me. You know, what are we to do, Lowell? When the government's literally this out of control, what do we do? And uh, I don't don't have time right now to drill into this article, but I want to just give you a quick 30-second on it, because I think it relates to the point. Uh Eric Holder created an Operation Choke Point under Barack Obama. And Operation Choke Point 1.0 was designed to deny uh, conservative groups or groups they quote disagree with their ability to have credit card merchant services. So, what it does is it Operation Choke Points their businesses out of existence because they can't receive money. Well, I don't know if you know, Trump got rid of it. Biden just brought it back. It's called Operation, Point, Operation Choke Point 2.0, killing businesses with government rules and blacklists. And so at some point, what are we to do when they choke off our money, when they call us terrorists, when they literally frame us and abuse us and lie? We can't get any redress in the courts because they're like, you don't have any standing or they just toss it out, not even considering the merits of the case. You know, at some point, what are we to do? And I think this column, what's so special about the Capitol, really kind of highlights that reality check. Hey, in the article, there's one phrase that you mentioned, but I want to repeat. For one day. You experience what the rest of us experience? Isn't that kind of how it says it, Lol?
4: Yeah, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, for one so,
1: day. I'm not defending any of the uh, wrongs that have been done. Okay, I reject illegality, and I reject criminal activity. However, her point has validity to consider. Ammon Bundy's point, what are we to do? Her point, for a day, you you, you have to deal with like what the rest of us are dealing with. When they riot all over the country, and you back those riots, bureaucrats? Okay, what are we going to do, Lowell? Anyway, I, I wrap it up with those kind of comments.
4: Yeah, that's a great comment, Sam. It's the boiling frog scenario. They're, they turn up the temperature one degree at a time, and it's so slight. Um, uh, you know, the change in temperature is so slight that here, we, the boiling frogs, uh, the, the frogs in the boiling water, we don't we don't react. You know, we don't. We don't think it's serious enough yet to, to take action, right? And so, well, and we do you know, think
1: it's serious enough. Even oftentimes, we just don't have the ability to uh-huh. take action or else they, you know, for example, the Capitol. Most people went there with peaceful intent. Look what yeah. happened now, right? Uh-huh. So they're even turning that against us. But, you know, they always claim that Donald Trump tells lie after lie. He's involved in fake news. He's the biggest fake news peddler of anybody. But now you got to have a flashback, lol. <laughs>
4: this is a great one, too, by the way. I just love how people have, you know, some people have such a good memory and, and they're able to connect the dots and, in a way that uh, is so instructive, so illuminating. So let's see what Fauci said about quarantine in 2014. That's just a little over six and a half years ago, Sam. In 2014, <clears throat> at the height of the Ebola outbreak in Africa, right, and go, let's go back, think about that. I, I don't know that I really was cognizant of this Ebola outbreak, but Ebola has a forty percent case fatality rate, a CFR they call it, a case fatality rate of forty percent case fatality rate. That's that's how bad Ebola was, right? Well there was concerns about Ebola spreading across America from the healthcare workers who went to Africa to help those in who were suffering from Ebola. Well guess what? A CFR of forty percent is at least forty times higher than the CFR for COVID nineteen folks, is that striking? Forty percent more dangerous virus in Ebola than in COVID nineteen. And Ebola had a multi weekend incubation period just like COVID nineteen. Well, so state governors in twenty fourteen, they quarantined healthcare workers who were returning to the US from, from Africa where Ebola virus was, was ran on the rampage. Well Dr. Fauci wasn't happy about the fact that his colleagues were being subject to quarantine he went on a media blitz. He hammered the quarantine policies that had been issued in New York, New Jersey, Illinois, Virginia, Maryland, Georgia, and Florida, and other states, declaring them, quote, unscientific, unquote, and, quote, draconian, end quote. Go with the science, Fauci advised. You can monitor them, meaning the healthcare workers, in multiple different ways, he said. You don't have to quarantine them. In other words, he was defending his colleagues in the medical profession, saying, they didn't need quarantine after working among people who were infected with the Ebola virus, which was 40 times as nasty as COVID-19. Yeah, but see, they'll he- never
1: come out with a scientific reality and hold Fauci's feet to the fire. They'll let him lie, lie, lie. Why? Because it promotes vaccines. It promotes control of you and I. And it's about forcing a financial reset, uh, a global jubilee reset, if you will. That's what they're really gunning for. And what it amounts to is they want to control all of us. They want us all to be just panicked down in fear. And through that, then they want to extract this global governance they've been seeking for, for literally since Cain killed Abel, sir.
4: Yeah, that's right. Fauci, he he reasoned, boy, if we quarantine our healthcare professionals on their way back to the U.S., then there's going to be fewer healthcare workers wanting to go to Africa, right? You have to quarantine for two weeks or whatever on your way back. In fact, Fauci, who had personally been in close contact with infected Ebola patients, did not quarantine prior to his five TV appearances, morning shows basically, in October of 2014. <laughs> well, great to go back in the a time. A couple machine, of short and years and later, years. he
1: betrays us all, and the mainstream backs him in doing so. Shame on yep. them all, ladies and gentlemen. Quick pause. Lowell Nelson, Campaign for Liberty.org, Liberty Roundtable Live.
0: Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio
5: News with Lance Pry.
6: The United States has surpassed 500,000 COVID-19 deaths almost a year after the first was reported. The good news, fatalities have slowed dramatically. This week's daily average is almost 40% decrease from that of the previous week, as according to data compiled by John Hopkins University. Some 8.8 million people in Texas, about a third of the state's population, still has issues with their water supply as of Sunday evening. Millions of Texans are still being advised to boil water before using, though all power plants are now back online. Officials in Houston, Texas, the biggest city in the state, said water there was safe to use without boiling. The painting, The Scream, by Edvard Munch, is the second most recognizable work of art ever created, right behind Leonardo da Vinci's Mona Lisa. Recently, curators announced text in the upper left corner of the masterpiece reads, Could only have been painted by a madman that has been authenticated to the artist. This is USA Radio News.
5: It may soon be the biggest issue of our time, the NRA and your gun freedoms. President Biden says he will defeat the NRA. And their are efforts to limit your guns, tax them, and even put the NRA out of business permanently. All this week, Newsmax TV's Stinchfield tells the real story about Joe Biden's war on the NRA. Watch Stinchfield at 8 p.m. Eastern to find out how the NRA is fighting back. Stinchfield is unafraid to tell you the truth. Everyone is tuning in. Newsmax TV is now the fourth highest rated cable news channel. It's on all major cable systems. Check your cable guide. If they don't carry Newsmax, call them. Or just download the free Newsmax app on your smartphone or smart TV and watch us anywhere. So watch Newsmax for Stinchfield and real news you can trust. 30 million Americans watch Newsmax all the time. You should too.
6: Actress Olivia Munn has props for the NYPD and everyone on social media who cared. USA Radio News' Michael Fortier reports.
2: The actress is friends with a man whose mother was attacked this week by a man on a New York City street in Flushing. Munn shared with her hundreds of thousands of social media followers a surveillance video of the attack on the 52-year-old woman. A suspect was arrested Thursday, and Munn says it's due in part to the Internet.
7: It was an amazing moment of just seeing how powerful the collective can be when we kind of you know, become an army together.
2: Mun on CNN Friday, she credits the NYPD for their quick response.
7: The fact that I could DM the NYPD on social media and say, hey, this happened to my friend's mom. Here are some pictures. Can you help me amplify this? I got a response right away and they had a wanted poster out and they were on top of it.
2: Munce's hearing of the arrest was an emotional moment for her. The victim, by the way, needed 10 stitches, but her son says she's doing okay. For USA Radio News, I'm Mike Fortier.
6: We are USA Radio News.
1: All right, Lowell Nelson, Campaign for Liberty.org with me. We're talking about this uh, serious issue, ladies and gentlemen. Fauci's out of control, and uh, you know what? There was a way bigger potential for pandemic back in the day in 2014, and he simply rejected every attempt by anybody to try to slow it or to try to quarantine people or try to, and he was adamant, bold. He wasn't willing to quarantine or wear a mask or do anything of the sort. Literally six years later, completely 180-degree face. Why? Well,
4: well, that's a good question, Sam. I think he has a monetary interest in the vaccine. In big pharma, uh, he works for him, I'm sure, and probably he's going to benefit uh, personally the more vaccines that are sold by big pharma. And uh, you know, that's that's I'm sure that's part of it, just the self-interest, in getting getting money. Um, maybe he wants to rule the world. Maybe he wants the who to rule the world. Maybe he's in favor of the technocracy that wants to rule the world. And, so I don't know, but
8: it's
4: uh, darn good question, Sam. All <clears throat> right, uh, ladies and
1: gentlemen, we just wanted to promote that flashback so you know that's what's really the truth. And it's interesting that good people are catching uh, the bureaucrats at doing this and stuff. They don't want you to believe that was the narrative of Fauci before. You know, it's also interesting. Fauci at the start said, no, you don't need to wear masks. Come on, they don't work. And then later he goes, well, you know what? Masks work. You got to wear one. The only reason I told you, well, the only reason I lied to you is because I had to, because we didn't want healthcare workers not to have the masks. And so, but this is an example. You just can't trust this guy. The guy's literally a hack. Okay. First, do no harm. This guy's peddling things, pretending they're vaccines when they're not. He's literally giving advice. It's 180 degrees different from the science. And he's running around telling us we're going to follow the science? I don't know what to do with people like this, Lowell, because the media protects them.
4: Yeah, and they spin, they continue to spin what they say. So Tony Fauci, he says one thing, they spin that, and, you know, and they're not going to go back and do the the legwork to find out what he said six years ago, but, you know, as our author at Ron Paul Institute sure did, and it sure is illuminating because Fauci just, you know... Says one thing one year and another thing the next year, depending on whether it's going to benefit him or not. And uh, you can't trust a person like that. You can't trust Fauci. He's a liar. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know how to respond to that other than to say, hey, that's the truth. We're willing to tell you the truth. Where's the mainstream press? When you need it most, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Central planning of your immune system is dangerous, <laughs> writes Davis. Taylor, this really relates to Anthony Fauci. He wants to literally be in control of your body, and that's, I think, what it's about, Lowell.
4: Yeah, and I think Bill Gates is in on that too. You know, I lo- I like this article because he, he, this Davis Taylor, who wrote the article, he 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 compares big pharma's approach to your immune system with um, the collectivist approach to a centrally planned economy. <laughs> now, now I. <laughs> Would never have made that connection, you know, maybe not in a, a million years. I mean, I don't know. It's just a brand new thought, but it, boy, is it an apt thought, meaning a, you know, a meaningful, astute thought. Uh, this, uh, where this, it, you know, an Austrian economist knows that government intervention in the marketplace messes uh, things up, just messes them up. Um, And, uh, you know, isn't that what Big Pharma is peddling here? They want everyone to get the COVID-19 vaccine, which, as we discussed last week, Sam, is not really a vaccine. It's just gene therapy treatment, very much akin to chemotherapy. Anyway, that approach is a one-size-fits-all approach. It's a centrally planned approach to your immune system, right? You as an individual, Sam, whose body chemistry differs from mine and from every other person on the planet, In a free market, a consumer is free to purchase whatever is available. Not everyone is forced to purchase the same thing. Think about it, right? In a centrally planned economy, some supposedly smart guys at the top decide what's going to be available for sale in the marketplace because they dictate what will be produced. Very little choice, very little creativity, very little productivity, and very little prosperity, right? So similarly, in a free market, people make individual health choices those which are suited to their needs and tailored to their body chemistry that's what i do when i make a health choice but in and essentially, o- hold on
1: and often tailored to their viewpoints or perception of things right uh-huh. a lot of people exactly. do study they intelligently think or believe for example i've got a sister-in-law you know she loves and believes in the vaccines uh-huh. and she's even hesitant to tell me that she took one she's like well you know, I hope this is okay to say, but I took one. And I'm like, of course it's okay to say. The only problem I'll have is if you force me to get one. And we both yeah. laughed and let it go. Okay,
4: that's the way it is, <laughs> folks. That's okay, right? Yeah. Yeah, but in a centrally planned uh, economy, Sam, or where, where the central planners want to intervene in your immune system, they want to decide what your immune system needs. And so they deliver millions of doses of this so-called vaccine for everyone. Just as government intervention fouls things up in the marketplace, they foul things up in the immune system. <laughs> I just, I just love the comparison between, you know, a centrally planned economy and a centrally planned immune system, Sam. It just strikes me as, as a funny bone, but but it's so true. It's not a laughing matter, but but it's just, just so true. I mean, you look at the Austrian school, the, the example after example of of how uh, state intervention causes unintended consequences and ignores opportunity costs. For example, rent controls reduce the incentive to own rental property. Right? If you can't charge a market price for your rental property, you're, you're not incentivized to own rental property. And, and 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 of course that shrinks the supply of rental units and ultimately hurts those who need to help the most. Uh, similarly, there, you got the minimum wage laws, they make labor more economic opportunity cost. That's when the state usurps funds from businesses through taxation, using the funds to pay bureaucrat salaries or for some other purpose, but at the cost of the businesses having fewer funds to hire new employees or to buy new capital equipment, right? So those are the examples from, from, e- from our, our economy They've been pouring money into the campaign coffers of the politicians for years, decades, Sam. Big Pharma has been buying the favor of government intervention for years.
8: Yes,
1: they and, have. And, we'll get into that in just a second. But before we do, yeah, I want to really highlight this idea. You know, who's in charge of Sam Bushman's immune system? Sam uh-huh. Bushman or Tony? Tony Fauci, right? And so here's the reality, folks. Just as natural laws enforce and drive the economy, so does it in the human body and in the immune system. All right? Natural law is key. Now, we can debate on what we believe natural law is, but I believe in natural herd immunity. I believe one of the great ways that God protects us all is, you know what? Some people get sick. It's part of life. It's part of the human experience. But what happens is when people develop a herd immunity, a natural herd immunity, they have, you might call it God's natural vaccine. Mm -hmm. Because if we're going to call, you know, human testing and, you know, gene therapies vaccines, then we could certainly call, you know, getting a little bit of the disease, getting sick, and then passing these traits to society through herd immunity. Okay. If we're going to call it vaccines, we can call anything a vaccine. So my point being... Why not just rely on God? Now, these natural laws come into play here. Fauci would like to circumvent those and pretend he's God. And uh-huh. I reject his notion. So natural law is one of the keys here that we need to understand. And they're trying to circumvent natural law, Lol.
4: That's true. They're trying to circumvent the body's natural defenses by injecting um, you know, this vaccine material directly into your bloodstream and your musculature. And because it circumvents the body's natural defenses, then it's it's, it's counterproductive. It's intervention into your immune system with serious repercussions. And uh, let me just mention a couple of those down later here in the article. Um, I'm jumping down to uh, unintended consequences. Um, here, uh, Patrick, let me stop
1: you there, though. And I think we give them too much credit when we say unintended consequences. I think in the past it might have been unintended consequences, years mm-hmm. and years and years ago in the 1800s and 1900s when vaccines started to come, you know, on the market and stuff like that. Maybe mm-hmm. unintended consequences, but now I believe they're intended consequences. They know full well what they're doing. We'll prove it in seconds, Lowell.
4: Excellent. Yes. Um, for example, those receiving a live virus attenuated vaccine can shed vaccine strain live virus in their body fluids, potentially causing the vaccine strain virus to be transmitted to others. In fact, in 2018, the FDA posted a warning that immunocompromised persons and pregnant women should avoid those administered for for up to six weeks after vaccination, Sam.
1: Many unintended consequences. They admit it, sometimes unintended, sometimes intended consequences. But ladies and gentlemen, let's dig in further about what German has done to pretend different from the truth.
9: The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow men, but by God. The foundation maintains a two-fold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education, conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a non tax tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org.
0: The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine.
1: all right ladies and gentlemen so we talk about unintended consequences and i think a lot of times people are well-meaning and there are unintended consequences to their actions but in many cases i think there are intended consequences uh and after a while you've got to double down and say they must intend for this to happen because it happens continually all right Flashback in 2014, Fauci literally described Ebola quarantines as draconian, even though the Ebola virus way, way, way more deadly and viral than COVID by far. But, hey, six short years later, Fauci has a 180 degrees. That can't be lost on the gentleman. All right? Central planning of our immune systems are a serious problem. It's dangerous, writes Davis Taylor. And amen is that true. But listen, ladies and gentlemen, they know. Let me say it again. They know. Let me say it one more time. They know how evil some of these vaccines are, and the proof is in the pudding. Manufacturers are shielded from liability, law
4: Under the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, which I believe was passed in 1968 and by the U.S. Congress and signed by a president uh, into law. And as taxpayers, not the companies that manufacture the vaccines, It's the taxpayers who fund any award of any damages awarded by that vaccine. Yes, the DOG defends against the claims, basically arguing that the injuries were not caused by vaccine and that compensation, therefore, should be denied. But occasionally, a family will win a case and they get an award, a monetary award under this National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, and in fact, over four billion dollars. Has been paid out. Now stop.
1: Say that number again, because <laughs> this is not pocket change, baby.
4: Yeah, four billion dollars. That's not a million. We're talking four billion. A billion is a thousand times more than a, a million. Four billion dollars has been paid out under this program for claims of harm against you know caused by the vaccine. Well, not
1: only claims of harm, but confirmed that they agree there's harm. That's why the payout. So let's be clear: it's a claim of harm, but also they agree that it's harm. Now. Most cases never even get to the government or the compensation fund in this first place. Some say anywhere from 2 to 5% get there at all. Most of them are denied. So this is after uh, people realize they can even go to the compensation fund. After a private secret court, uh, after um, the case is not denied because it's so egregious they've got to admit to it, then $4 billion have been paid out. So it is shocking the damage done by vaccinations if we were to have a holistic picture of that it would be off the charts lol
4: <laughs> you're absolutely right Sam the government steals your money by through taxation to purchase vaccines which is enriches the pharmaceutical companies and then indemnifies those pharmaceutical companies from harm and awards some of your taxpayer money to these families who were harmed by the vaccine it's insidious Sam this relationship that the government has with big pharma but you know we should have known they're the biggest contributors to the campaign coffers of the politicians in congress we and and so we really should have known well what are some other big big dangers well inadequate safety testing federal agencies are supposed to regulate the vaccine industry they're simply not doing their job for example the cdc has an advisory committee on the use of vaccines. CDC has permitted members of the committee with financial ties to the vaccine industry, meaning shareholders in these companies, Big Pharma, those with financial conflicts of interest to participate in the committee's deliberations regarding vaccine use. Well, folks, this may explain why government safety testing requirements for vaccines are not rigorous. They are not. They're simply not rigorous. There is a revolving door between U.S. agencies and vaccine makers.
1: I think it's Gerberding. By, yeah.
4: Gerberding was director of the CDC from, for seven years, from 2002 to 2009. And she took a position where? As the head of Merck's vaccine division after she left the CDC. Interesting, huh? Vaccine safety trials are generally designed, conducted by the vaccine manufacturers themselves, not some third party. I mean, they really need to go to, like, what the model uh, you, uh, you, uh, underwriting underwriter's laboratory the test safety of products, and if you don't have UL stamped on your product, it doesn't. It really doesn't get sold. Nobody's willing to market it or sell it. Well, and That's then you've got really, the like,
1: fake Food and Drug Administration and, and some of these other groups that buy off on all this, making you believe it's safe and effective. So what you really have is a fake news government stamp of acceptance or approval or certification, which creates false trust and false hope. Uh, and here's why I say that it's intended consequences. Because they know this. When you shield manufacturers from liability and $4 billion of taxpayers have been on the line, why are you doing that if they're safe and effective?
4: Exactly. Obviously, they're not safe and effective if we we're paying out $4 billion for well, those why cases. Well, why do
1: you have a secret court everybody has to go to? And why is it cha- every single case challenged by your federal government? And then furthermore, it goes on, why... These companies, um, why can you not even sue them? Why can you not even say I want the truth to come out on this? Why can't you not subpoena records like normal court cases? Okay, they have denied your redress of grievance. My question is, why would they violate the First Amendment so drastically on this?
4: They got something to hide, Sam.
1: Roger that, sir. (laughs) And that is the point. And that's why I say you can't say that it's unintended consequences because these are intended they intend yeah. you to not know the truth. They intend to deceive you and force this agenda down your throat,
4: right? And I think the Andrew Wakefield experience is very much indicative of what happens to truth tellers in the medical profession, right? He was rounded he was he was pounded out of his profession. His li- they they took his license simply because he 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 made Made the, um, he was the a rock star
1: before he became a whistleblower, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
4: that's right. Now
1: he's supp- supposedly a discredited uh, ne'er-do-well. See the, the, the way they go?
4: That, that's right. He simply questioned the it, the efficacy and the safety of the MMR vaccine in the UK. That's all he did. He simply questioned it. And then he, you know, they, they pulled his license, and now he's a rock star whistleblower. But, um, you know, that he's not the only one. They're going after others doctors uh, and and professionals now, too, who are are blowing the whistle. There was a great article about that we could have talked about. So the
1: point is, the vaccine debate has a First Amendment violation like you would not believe, ladies and gentlemen, in your flat-out denial of an appropriate redress of grievances. You can't have discovery. You can't. I mean, these people are shielded like no other industry, ladies and gentlemen. Let me say it again, like no other industry, Lowell.
4: Yeah, absolutely right. They're also engaged at uh, the state level in uh, eliminating the exemptions that you can get uh, uh, for vaccination. In other words, in other words, in most states, you can declare either a religious exemption or a, a medical exemption or a philosophical exemption to getting the vaccine to your children. But turns out New York, Washington State, Maine, California, or several of the states have recently shrunk or eliminated these exemptions. Well, Big Pharma is behind that movement. They want everyone to get their product, not just the children. In fact, they want adults. Uh, They they, they want the force of government, the barrel of a gun to, to, to accomplish their design. They want to impose a vaccine mandate because it means more money to them. And other countries have done this already, Sam. Italy, France, Romania, Germany, Argentina. Well, Big Pharma wants the U.S. to follow suit. And they, they, you know, Argentina was the one that said, you know, you're not going to be able to, uh, this is December of 2018, right? This is two and a half, three half, three, three years ago. They enacted a law mandating its entire 20 vaccine schedule upon both children and adults with proof of vaccination required not only to attend school, but also to obtain important government documents such as passports, driver's licenses, and Argentina's national identity documents. Well, some believe, I believe, among among many, that Argentina's vaccine policy may serve as a blueprint for other countries, including the United States. Yep, yep, some people believe that COVID-19 infections of 2020 will be the basis for a global push for vaccine mandates. That's the way it's looking to me, Sam. They want to eliminate all the reasons that you and I have for, for, for rejecting the vaccine. They want to impose those, and they're going to do it through business. They're going to make it hard to live life in a so-called normal way if you don't get the vaccine or approve that you have the antigen for that particular disease.
1: And it all goes down on a violation of the First Amendment, folks. If you cannot get a redress of grievance, (laughs) if I can't go through a discovery phase in court when I've been harmed, if I can't hold that company liable via transparency, and via discovery, and I don't have my First Amendment rights of discovery. Remember, there's five fundamental realities in the First Amendment. Okay, you all know about free speech and freedom of religion and this kind of stuff, right? Freedom to assemble or whatever. What about the redress of grievance one? Right? I mean, isn't it one of the First Amendment realities is, hey, you can try to go to court and have your day? Yeah. Well, that's being denied by this vaccine reality, ladies and gentlemen. You kind of think... Man, vaccines and the First Amendment, Sam, what are you talking about? Well, hey, a $4 billion has been paid out in secret court cases based on a government program, right, to basically prevent people from knowing about and or getting a redress of grievance relating to harm based on vaccines, all right? Matt, vaccination manufacturers are shielded from liability under the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Fund. Okay, so Congress has literally violated your First Amendment, uh, M- Amendment by putting this in place, well, this is serious exactly, business. Exactly right, Sam. And they're violating freedom of the press because how much can you report on this? If I report too much on this, then they're gonna what? Put me up on charges saying that I'm peddling fake news law. They're gonna basically then use the operation choke point to deny any donations that I get, so that I don't have any money. I mean, where do we go?
4: Yeah, that's right, man. If if you if if they have if they have a choke point like a PayPal or something, and 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 you get donations through PayPal. Then they can confiscate that. They can freeze that those funds that you would otherwise have gotten through PayPal because they, you know, they'll just exercise their their muscle and do that. That's what they've done to other people. They can do it to you. And uh, if not they're they're turning up the heat too. By the way, Sam, you know it's not just the current vaccine schedule. So in 1983, the CDC recommended 24 doses of seven childhood vaccines. That was before. The National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act of 1986. Now, here is 20, 30, 40 years later, the CDC recommends over 70 doses of 16 vaccines by age 18. And there are over 250 new vaccines being developed by Big Pharma. Surely many of these will be added to the schedule as well. And, then, and perhaps even more scary, the federal vaccine mandates will likely lay the groundwork for federal mandates of other medical. Intervention, not just vaccine. Think about that.
1: But it's you know, all for it your good, want? they lie.
4: That's <laughs> oh, terrible. So, violation of rights, unintended consequences, opportunity costs, um, distortion of history. See, they don't want you to know that death rate from infectious diseases plummeted before the widespread use of vaccines, Sam. 74% decline in. In serious in death rates of, from infectious diseases before vaccines came onto the scene. But you won't hear them talk about that, Sam. Well, they never
1: let a good opportunity go to waste, did they? They jumped on and took credit for it and deceived the people, and they've been lying for years. Oh, man. And now we're starting to catch them at their lies when we prove that they've already paid out $4 billion dollars and while they tell you they're safe and effective, why are they shielding these companies from liability then? I don't know how you could be more clear and more simple. They're they're committing a fraud, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Lowell. We'll talk soon. Friday, buddy. You're welcome, Sam. There you go. Low Nelson Campaign for Liberty. God save the Republic, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Radio Talk Show.
1: All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans, Sam Bushman. Liberty Roundtable Live, hard eating news that networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for February the 22nd in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is hour two of two, and the goal always is to promote God, family, and country, and to protect life, liberty, and property on your radio and the traditions of our Founding Fathers. Dr. Scott Bradley with us, ladies and gentlemen. His collegiate series, To Preserve the Nation available at com, along with weekly webinars, thousands of videos and more. Q&A on the Constitution weekly. When you're at com, spread the word, tell your neighbor, would you please? Dr. Bradley, welcome sir.
8: Well, thank Always good to start off a Monday morning with a little rousing conversation.
1: Amen to that. And boy do we got a rousing conversation for you today, my friend.
8: Well, what are you brewing up today?
1: All right, let me tell you a little tale and then I'll have you respond. This is going to be, I'm sure you're going to have a fired up response to this one, my friend. All right, the headline says this from WorldNet Daily. All right. <clears throat> headline says Biden resurrecting Obama's policy of killing businesses with rules. So then he talks about Eric Holder back in the Obama administration created a project, if you will. It was called Operation Choke Point 1.0. And it targeted industries that the left hates. Bob Unruh for WorldNetDaily, WND.com, writes the piece. And the headline says The Obama administration is resurrecting an effort that the Obama Biden administration back in the day dubbed Operation Chuck choke point and they target businesses with the banking industry and what they do is they literally create a choke point you're not able to bank you're not able to charge credit cards your merchant accounts are gone your bank accounts frozen if you're a gun manufacturer Um. anyway the Justice Department in bed with the uh, program so the Justice Department was in bed with the Obama administration and now, the Biden administration using the office of the controller, comptroller of the currency, and more. An operation choke point. Federal regulators literally instructed banks to discriminate against entire industries that the Obama administration did not like, weaponizing the power of banking regulators at the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. All right. Now, they literally used it as a, well, weapon, weaponized banking. This made it difficult, if not impossible, for politically unfavorable businesses such as gun manufacturers, you know, gun distributors or gun sellers, short-term lenders. We, we go on and on and name the easy ones to focus on. Anyway, <clears throat> Donald Trump got in office and jettisoned that program. But now, as you know, that Joe Biden overturning everything Donald, now Joe has brought back Operation Choke Point. It's now called Operation Choke Point 2.0. And that means it's coming back with a vengeance and a broader scope. Dr. Bradley.
8: You know, this, this whole thing is so sick and wrong at every level. I, I don't even hardly know where to start. Or uh, we'll just t- tick off a few things here. Then and then maybe we'll pick up on a few things. I don't know. Um, the The use of government to destroy uh, legitimate uh, business exercises is not new at all, really. I mean, but it was intended to never be that way in and the under the plan put forth by the American founding fathers. The very term "general welfare" has to do with uh, setting up a situation where government intervention was uh, not to occur, where the government was there to prevent uh, disruption like civil unrest and injustice and uh, phony baloney banking situations and uh, domestic terror and foreign terror and all that kind of stuff. It was there to to get the government out of the way and give a chance for everybody to go out and succeed at doing what they could do best, and the problem is that all these things... um, have been going on for a long time in spite of uh, indications in the Constitution that government wasn't supposed to be dinking around with business. I mean, like Article 1, Section 10, is no state shall pass any law impairing the obligation of contracts. You can't get in the way of business dealings. You're not supposed to. You know, the Ninth and 10th Amendment, the Ninth Amendment says even if we didn't mention a, a right, we've still got it, which would be to do business, for example, or Whatever color shoelaces you wanted, you could choose. Our rights are innumerable, and if uh, even if they didn't mention them, we still have them. The Tenth Amendment says to the to the general government: if we didn't send you any power, you ain't got no power. And uh, all of these things are bad. But but if you look back, I mean, go back to what what happened right after nine eleven, when the Bush administration was involved, they put onerous <laughs> burdens on financial institutions that were passed on, of course, and made more onerous, and they continue today, for anybody that wanted to do business with any financial institution. That's just the way they've done it. I mean, the, the banks and financial institutions have become basically de facto government agencies enforcing government policy with their reporting of things that happen. I'll give you an example here. Probably 15 years ago or so, uh, we had a fire in our home, and, um, there was a substantial amount of damage, and without going into a lot of the details, I, I got a, a fairly large settlement check that was to be used to repair my home. Well, it was way outside the bounds of what i normally deposited, and so I had to have an interview. <laughs> I had to have an interview with the uh, with the bank vice president before I could deposit that check. Oh, where did you get this, Brother Bradley? I mean, my goodness gracious! You know, it's it's so appalling to me that they have interjected themselves. I mean, you know, this uh, that that one where they uh, they bought a whole bunch of firearms and shipped them to Mexico to try and help shut down the way um, uh, yeah, firearms okay, Operation Gun
1: Walker yeah. or whatever you want to say, right?
8: Yeah, and then they had the uh, the deal where you could, if you hand loaded firearms, I mean, you know, hand loaded your your ammunition. The BATFE put out a regulation that said, basically, you're going to have to set up a bunker at home to carry, uh, to hold any, you know, little bit of powder you might have there, or primers or whatever. I mean, there's a constant harassment, and it goes back, um, you know, back, if you look in the Declaration of Independence, there were 27 offenses that the king that, well, the founding fathers enumerated twenty-seven things the king had done that helped them justify armed revolution against the king. And uh, and point number thirteen—no, excuse me, uh, ten—he uh, has sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. This is appalling. And the power of the general government does—they do not have any power no regulatory power over financial institutions, over drug companies, over the FCC uh, airwaves. I mean, well, I'm using the organization that organizes them. The transportation uh, agencies, the uh, you, you name anything, OSHA, NIOSH, uh, it, none of the alphabet soups have a constitutional uh, uh, basis. And, and they have it is part of this effort to send hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out our substance. And it is absolutely amazing to, to me. Now, remember back in the Declaration also, you know, we talk about these, you know, endowed by our Creator with certain animal rights. A few are mentioned, and then it says it's the purpose of government to secure those rights, and then it goes on to say that the consent of the governed must be obtained before anyone can govern. And and those that hold office assume, well, they act as if, I don't know if they've even thought this far down the road as to whether they're intelligent enough to even know what our founding documents say, that they get the permission to govern from the governed every time an election is held, whether it's fraudulent or not. But however they, they spin it out, the consent of the governed is not obtained every single election. No, not at all what happens is we select those that should be trusted representatives to carry out the responsibilities that they take a sacred oath of office to carry out and keep their uh, actions and, and efforts within those bounds established. And and so our our consent was given back at ratification to be governed within the s- limits and bounds established by our constitutions, whether it's your state constitution or the, the general constitution. But, but they, those that hold office are limited to those particular powers delegated therein. And, and certainly, the Biden administration does not have power to do what it's doing. Uh, none of them that established any of these phony baloney pretended laws. Oh, by the way, that is in acts of pretended legislation is in point 13 of the uh, declaration. I mean, it's today's news today. But an executive cannot create legislation, and the the legislature, the House, the Senate, cannot create legislation that exceeds the delegated power given in the Constitution. So whether it's created by pretended legislation, by an executive that signs an order that says stroke of the pen, law of the land, a falsehood, a lie, dastardly deeds are being done. So, other than that,
1: it's not too bad. Ladies and gentlemen, this is serious business. I don't want to leave this topic alone. I want to drill in even harder. Because Ammon Bundy made an important statement. He said, you know what shall we do? Talking about how bad the bureaucrats have become and how we don't have opportunities for redress of grievance anymore. We'll talk more about the First Amendment and Seconds on your radio relating to Operation Chokepoint. Point.
7: Getting the kids to school, cleaning the house, doing the laundry. It seems that the work routine as a stay-at-home mom is never ending. And even though I'm a prime grocery shopper in our family of four, I simply don't have time to scrutinize all the labels on the countless food products I buy. Oh sure, I've noticed all the latest certification seals. Organic, non-GMO, gluten-free. It definitely seems to be the latest craze. But it was only recently that Kosher certification seals caught my attention. You see, my husband had me download an app called Certified, And it shed light on a century-old certification in industry that slipped under the radar screen from the majority of our public. I also noticed a question mark at the end of the app name, and that makes great sense as there's far more questions regarding this industry than answers. In fact, the developers refer to this as the Kosher Question. Sure, I'm a busy mom and didn't pay attention to our food culture, but now I have transparency, a convenient grocery list feature, and the ability to eat in favor of my family's best interests. And you can discover it too at thekosherquestion.com.
9: Abby Johnson was once director of a Planned Parenthood clinic in Bryan, Texas, after a moral crisis, she quit, and now she campaigns against what she once endorsed.
7: They implement abortion quotas in all of their clinics. What do you mean, quotas? You have to perform a certain number of abortions every month. Um, one of the reasons that I left- Are they explicit about that? Yes. It's it's in your budget, right there on the line item. Uh, one of the reasons I left Planned Parenthood was because uh, in a budget meeting, I was told to double that abortion quota. And for me, as someone who had spoken to the media and had said, you know, we're about reducing the number of abortions. We're about, you right. know, prevention. All of these other services. I was
9: shocked. So since you actually worked at a Planned Parenthood, give us some sense of the relative number of abortions.
7: Okay, abortions. Planned Parenthood provides over 330,000 abortions a year. They right. are the largest single abortion provider in our country.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, both hours today, we're talking about the First Amendment being under assault like never before. Wow. We talked last hour with Lowell Nelson about these vaccines. And you literally have a scenario, folks, where manufacturers are shielded from liability. The National Vaccine Injury Compensation Fund, over $4 billion have been spent by the taxpayers when vaccines are not safe and effective. And that's a drop in the bucket. But they literally deny you your First Amendment right of a redress of grievance, um, you know, going to court and saying, I've been wronged here because they literally shilled these vaccine manufacturers. So they violate that. Then because it's a secret kangaroo court, they deny you your free speech. They deny the freedom of the press. I mean, it's First Amendment assault under attack like you wouldn't believe. Second Hour with Dr. Scott Bradley. Right now we're discussing a similar reality of the violation of the First Amendment like you wouldn't believe. Biden resurrecting Obama. Policy of killing businesses. Eric Holder's Operation Chokepoint. It was 1.0 under the Barack administration. It's now 2.0 resurrected under the Biden administration. And I've often wondered why would they attack Donald Trump so hard, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, look, Donald didn't even really do that much for America. I mean, don't get me wrong, he did a lot, but nothing that seems to be binding or, or or solid enough. We didn't overturn Roe v.ersus Wade. We didn't get rid of Obamacare. We didn't. I mean Donald did a lot of good don't misunderstand the point but nothing game changing nothing to turn the car around from the heading towards tyranny or communism or socialism uh, uh, 180 degrees towards you know driving towards liberty nothing that's what i thought but now when i see that president donald trump in 2017 okay the doj department of justice declared operation choke point formally over and they created the fair access rule to try to create its demise the idea was instead of just blocking huge swaths of people you disagree with creating massive blacklists to shut people down you need to try the merits of each situation if you want to challenge someone's access to the banking system well what obama and biden did the first time under operation choke 1.0, and what they're now resurrecting under operation checkpoint 2.0 is this idea where federal regulators, that's bureaucrats under the administration, the executive branch, if you will, under Operation Chokepoint, federal regulators literally instructed banks to discriminate against entire industries, entire groups that the administration, Barack in the first case, Biden in the second case, find objectionable. All right, so Operation Chokepoint bypasses public input, and the legislative process, leaving politically unpopular groups, businesses, individuals, nonprofits, all to fend for themselves. Okay, so Donald did something to try to jettison that. Again, Andrew Jackson routed out the bankers. Donald Trump tried to do a similar thing to some degree. Uh, This is serious business, and I'll tell you why this is kind of king of the king of the hill when it comes to discussions because if they can literally chop off our access to credit cards and banking uh, and they start with merchant accounts to say business you can't you know receive revenue whether it be donations for a radio program i don't know if you know this but operation choke point even shut down access to the american family association and then they had to fight for another credit card merchant account provider they got attorneys that sued back in the day The Constitutional Chairs of Peace Officers Association, me and Richard Mack and others, uh, we got chopped off. And it almost destroyed one of our conferences. But an angel investor came and saved our bacon, gave us the money to continue. And then we literally threatened to sue PayPal, and we got back our bank account and our funds. But literally, this choke point is critical. And it brings up this question, what are we to do that Amon Bundy asked Scott Bradley? And Dr. Bradley, I I, want to say this, though. You know, what are we going to do? I mean, if it gets to this level, they have literally declared war on the people, though. If they force us into a cashless society and then they deny your ability to access those funds because you're on a blacklist or generate funds or whatever else, I don't mean to be calling for war, but I don't know that they haven't created a war. We'll have no choice. Am I crazy?
8: Well, it's crazy to think we've come to this point. But uh, there's so many things to think about on this, again, uh, so many elements that are completely sick and wrong, completely off-base, unconstitutional. And, and you know what? It's It's been happening for so many presidential administrations that, that people think that it's the norm, but it's not. I mean, Article 2, Section 3 says that the president shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed. Those laws can be only created by the legislature, again, Article 1, Section 1, within the bounds of the Constitution. And and these kinds of things, basically what they're doing with this, I think a case could be made, and a very logical case, that they're creating bills of attainder. They're making criminals out of people by, they're not really legislative action, but they're executive action. They're making whole swaths of society criminals based upon the stroke of a pen that violates everything constitutional. So so it violates the bill of attainder of things, and it violates ex post facto laws because things that were legal yesterday are now illegal today. There are so many things. Let uh, me be bill very clear.
1: T- Hold on. They're not really illegal. They're just deemed illegal by Operation Choke Point, but nobody's in any trouble. In other words, nobody's going to jail. There's no criminal prosecutions or lawsuits. There's just this shutting down of the funds, and the banks are going. Well, there's, the there's banks are going. We have a blacklist.
8: The right, they're violating the Eighth Amendment. Thou shalt not steal. They're they're violating God's commandments. So I mean, you know, they can say oh, they do these little nuanced things, and it's going to take you're going to go to court to get your money back or whatever. It's like a red flag law. They're going to confiscate your firearm, which uh, you know we've had presidents now and previously that has supported these kinds of things. Oh, yeah, we're going to confiscate your firearm, and then, then we'll take care of Dupro later. No, that is not how the American system works. And so, you know, for, for decades, and you know I've been involved in this fight to restore our nation for many decades, and I can't tell you how many times I have, you know, from audiences I've been addressing, you know, that people have wanted to take their AR-15 or whatever Maybe they even had a an M sixteen, whatever, and run down the streets and have blood in the streets. And I say, No, 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 we can't do that. The founding fathers used every effort to avoid a violent revolution, and we have two things they didn't have. I mean, they tried all their petitions and everything else like that. They, you know, they petitioned the king, went on bended knee, kissed the ring, whatever you want to say about it, for decades to try and straighten things out. But finally, they were run out of options, and God endorsed their revol- their revolution. Ultimately, now I've always said we've got to use all of the tools available to correct all of this without going to violence. And two of the things I've always told people that we have, and we still have, if we will straighten things out, we have the United States Constitution, which, if, if despite the fact we're violating it everywhere, is still a organic document. It's written in plain English. Those words have meanings. Those meanings can be known, and they can only mean what they meant in 1787. So we have the Constitution. Again, it's been set aside by both parties for so many decades. It is horrifically bad. But the other thing I've always said we had was the vote. So we can vote the, the bums out of office, if you will. Now, my argument has been somewhat diminished in recent elections. And, uh, and it's coming to a point where, and I think they really would like to have revolution. Because, you know what, I tell? I used to tell people, this was in the days F-16s flew with the Air Force. I'd tell them, you may have an M-16, but they got F-16s. And if you've ever seen a smear of napalm, you know that that's a mighty big issue. So, at any rate, um, we... I think that there are those in power, and it's the Marxist revolutionary concept that they're trying to push for now, is they're trying to push the buttons of enough people to take it to the streets. And then they'll come down with their big hammer, and out of that conflict, which again is Marxist in its origins, I mean, everything Marxist is attempting to create disruption and turmoil between... Yeah,
1: conflict at every turn.
8: no question, men and women, race and race, religion religion, political party, political party. You name whatever entities are out there, and they'll try to create a conflict between them. But out of that conflict, the dialectical, you know, the Marxian dialectical process, they expect to bring their deranged process. Now, they've done it fairly effectively for all these years using... Um, false philosophies and, and educational systems and and stealing elections and all those kinds of things. So my argument, we still have the Constitution, which they're ignoring completely. They take a sacred oath, to uphold, and the election process, our vote, has been sorely violated. In you know, I mean, it's just not this last November that this happened. This has been a rolling roadblock, if you will, to freedom for a long time. So we're getting into pretty dire straits right now, and that's what they want. They want the the, the most vulnerable to
1: snap.
4: We need to remain the-
1: peaceful, ladies and gentlemen, and not take the bait. There are solutions. We can talk about them as well in seconds. Liberty Roundtable Live with Dr. Scott Bradley. freedomsrisingsun.com
0: Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA
5: Radio News with Lance Pride.
6: United Airlines Flight 328 was carrying 231 people from Denver to Honolulu on Saturday when one of its engines failed, causing debris to scatter across Colorado's capital. The Federal Aviation Administration said Sunday there must be stepped-up investigations of Boeing 777 aircraft that contain the same engine model that failed. That's the Pratt & Whitney 4000 engine. After a month of laying low at Mar-a-Lago, President Trump will make his first speech since leaving the White House. Trump is set to speak at the Conservative Political Action Conference in Orlando, Florida next week. He'll be talking about the future of the Republican Party and bringing to light President Biden's disastrous amnesty and border policies. Vice President Mike Pence declined the invitation. A California mother who vanished on a road trip to Joshua Tree National Park has been found dead, authorities said. Erica Lloyd, 37, of Walnut Creek, has been identified by skeletal remains found in Wonder Valley last month. USA Radio News.
10: Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time.
1: The product that you have given me here is, as far as I'm concerned,
0: sent to me from heaven.
1: I love it a great deal. It's hard to find anything that's real nowadays. I enjoy it immensely. It's making my life so much better. I feel so much better. and During this pandemic, I have no worries
0: whatsoever. My immune system has got to be at a top-notch level. I don't seem to get colds or anything. I don't know what getting sick is anymore. This is so
10: cool. Experience the balance of nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA.
6: The United States has reached a gruesome milestone. USA Radio News Dan Araki
9: reports. Half a million Americans have died of the virus as of Sunday, according to new data from Johns Hopkins University. Dr. Anthony Fauci calls that milestone devastating. The chief medical advisor to the White House tells CNN that the death toll from COVID is something unseen in more than a century, and is why he continues to push for public health measures.
0: It's really horrible. It's something that is historic. It's nothing like we've ever been through in the last 102 years. Since the 1918 influenza pandemic, people decades from now, Dana, are going to be talking about this as a, as a terribly historic milestone, you know, in the history of this country. To have these many people to have died from a respiratory born infection, it really is a terrible situation that we've been through
9: and that we're still going through. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan
6: Naraki. Thanks for listening. We do appreciate it. We are USA Radio News.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, when they take away your guns, when they literally control your currency, you're in trouble. Ladies and gentlemen, this is serious, serious business. And we're talking about Operation Chokepoint with Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com, his website. And under in 2017, President Trump got rid of Operation Chokepoint. Obama started it. Biden is resurrecting the Obama policy of Operation Chokepoint, which really means, hey, they're just going to literally blacklist groups of people and businesses that they don't agree with, that they don't like. And they're going to chop off their money, literally choke point, shut down their merchant accounts, etc. And at first it's business. Okay. At first it's groups. You may think, oh, that's horrible. I don't like that. But well, you know, they might be racist or they might be, oh my gosh, they, you know, um, they're for the family. They're for, they're Christians. They're okay, even the American family association got shut down and had to seek for another credit card. Um, company okay this is serious business ladies and gentlemen well what happens under operation choke point maybe 3.0 where they just simply say to the average individual you know what you're a climate change denier dr bradley i'm sorry but you've been blacklisted my friend you cannot access your bank account or use credit cards uh, anymore where will this go if we let it be unchecked dr bradley
8: you know you know me, I like to look backward to see what's coming forward in front of us, and uh, there's always something we can learn from history. And, of course, we could talk about the, uh, the the debauchery that happened with American currency, the continental dollar, and so on and so forth. We don't have to go back that far. Hundred, about five or six years ago, Pancho Villa was marauding around Mexico. He was a, a red flagger. He was, he was a communist, a Marxist. Most people don't know that. They thought he was a Robin Hood bandito, but no, no, he was not. He was a communist. And what, what he did to completely control the people that he lorded over was he knew that if you had economic freedom, you were somewhat free, and you could find a path to not only success, but prosperity, and ultimately find your way out of the morass that they were in. So what Pancho Villa did he took control of the currency of Mexico. Mexico has been upside down and backwards since then. And uh, what he did is he implemented a fiat-type currency, valueless money, just like we have in America. We got it about the same time, maybe a little earlier. But at any rate, um, so so he shut down all of the really rich silver mines in Mexico. And, and without going into how I know this from some of the vestiges of what Villa did, um, he took away their real, true monetary system and and implemented a fiat currency that he was in charge of. He could manipulate and use whatever he wanted to do. And like I say, the, the people have, have been really under the thumb of some kind of socialist morass ever since then. And, uh, and that's basically where we're coming in America. If they completely shut down the semblance of economic freedom we have. And, of course, there's been a lot going on since the Federal Reserve came into place in, you know, the 1913 Act and how they have been debauching our currency. And about 90, it's almost 99% of our 99 cents out of a dollar have been lost in their purchasing power since they did this thing. But this is another step in that, I believe, wherein they are, are attempting to control, uh, we can't even do a free exchange. You and I, I couldn't buy a bicycle from you if they carry this out because I couldn't hand you uh, what we consider to be cash, but they're Federal Reserve notes. They have no value. I couldn't give you a, a quarter, a 1963 quarter that was made out of silver because they want to control every aspect. If you control a man's means of providing for his family, you control the man. And, and in two Federalist papers, uh, Hamilton wrote about that. And so this socialist program, this this—it's really Marxist. Socialism really, and Marxism—it's hard to say what, because Marxism is socialism, and socialism is Marxism. It's just to whatever degree you've you've decided to swallow that day. But, but the Americans
1: think, are really deceived right now, because they're like, well, <clears throat> we're not the Nazi kind of socialists. We're not nationalist socialists. We're fundamental socialists there were and they use another word acting like there's some kind of a difference uh, in the socialist delivery but that again is a one of the great keys to the con game
8: right oh no question i mean and and we could talk about fabian socialists for example that uh you know that do our economic stuff or you could talk about um um Rameshi, who wanted a slice of the time marxism to come on and that, and, and or you could talk about that national socialism and and the United States really is kind of more inclined towards that that fascist view of national socialism in that what what they say is, oh, you can still own your property and, and your business and your factory or whatever. We'll just tell you what to do with it. That's what, that's what Nazism, fascism is. And so they say, oh, well, you can still pay the taxes on your factory or on your farm or whatever. We'll just tell you what you can grow there or what you can build there. And, 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 so, and oftentimes
1: well, it starts with we won't just tell you what you can grow there or not grow there. We'll just give you fake money to not grow or to well, that's grow true. what we tell you. Are. And so a lot of times it's a lot softer delivery, but the outcome is the same, and one leads to the other, ladies and gentlemen.
8: Well, it truly does, and, and we what we've done is we've taken our farms out of you know production because we do this crop rotation plan thing where they spend – they give you a lot of money to not grow anything. I, I when I was doing my master's degree, uh, there was an older professor there that whose father had been a sheep farmer in the, the during the Depression in the Roosevelt era, and they said, no, 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 you cannot bring those sheep to market because that will undermine the support that we want to give the sheep market. It will drive the prices down. And this guy's going, wait, well, wait, this is what I've, I've raised. I mean, I've got wool, I've got meat, we can de- help. I mean, there's people starving in the cities, blah, blah, blah. The whole nine yards, it's a longer story than we've got time to hear. But the fact is, the government regulators, these pencil-neck bureaucrats, these, um, well, they were Marxist or fascist or whatever you want to call them, they came out to this professor's father's farm and they literally didn't waste bullets on the sheep they drove them off cliffs and in flocks and let them die at the bottom of the cliffs and of course a lot of them had broken legs and stuff they couldn't move around but they they couldn't get up they ultimately starved to death or died of pain or whatever this kind of stuff has happened in america very similarly to what stalin was doing to the kulaks in you know ukraine when he was starving out the landed peasantry. And and what he couldn't starve them out, called? he brought Holodomor? his artillery. Say again? Is
1: that Holodomor? This what? What is that called in, in uh, the Ukraine? Is that Holodomor?
8: Oh, well, the, the, the kulaks. I mean, they, there's a, a number of things I'm sure it goes for. But basically, Stalin said, uh, he bragged about it at, at the meetings he had with Churchill and Roosevelt. He killed 10 million kulaks in the 30s. And, and America has done this kind of stuff, and, and it's a re-implementation of what we're doing here. Whether it's, whether it's Pancho Villa, or whether it's FDR, or whether it's Stalin, or whomever it is, Hitler, this is wrong. And, and again, our American founding fathers understood, and they knew that if you got to the point you could control the means of a man providing for his family, you would ultimately and finally control a man. What would you do, Sam? Think about, it. and then your listeners need to think about this. If your children were starving, if they had nothing, and and they just said, well, you just sign this little piece of paper here? You agree to these 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 things, and oh yeah, you'll have you'll have your um, ration of food, you know, and and it's like, well, but my kids, they I've got to do this. I mean, think how desperate people become, you know." And, and this is exactly where we're going in America. And tragically, um, we're facilitating it by the buffoons that are not worthy of governance. They, they are, un, they are unworthy at every level. They're dishonest. They're immoral. They're unprincipled. And they, there is nothing that they would stop at to, uh, you know, prevent them from going forward and destroying this great land. And unfortunately, we have uh, we have continued to allow it to happen, and and are we're complicit because of our complacency, you know? I mean, we, we just <laughs> apathy. We don't know. and We don't care. And and we, I've been trying to raise this level of awareness for decades, and and uh, more people are interested in what's going on in the basketball court or the football field or. You know, the stock market or whatever, then they ought to return to the, the foundation that made us free and happy.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, how Joseph, how Joseph Stalin starved millions in the Ukrainian famine it's called Holodomor. Horrible events, study it. If they chop off our finances, might they do the same to us?
11: And order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation.
1: All right, the Ukrainian famine that Dr. Bradley speaks of was nicknamed Holodomor, ladies and gentlemen. Stalin was evil and literally controlled absolutely everyone's lives to the point where he just literally murdered through famine and starvation. So many people. I mean, I'm not saying that the Holocaust isn't true. I'm just saying it makes the Holocaust look small though. And, uh, they did this to, uh, the people or the group of people. Uh, what do they call again? Dr. Bradley? Relax. All right. It's just something people need to understand to tie that
8: together. Right? Well, see, here's, here's the thing. Um, what happened is these people were independent land owning farmers. They had the means to produce food for their families. And has been said, you know, it's about as hard to starve a farmer to death as it is to drown a fish. Okay, these people would not capitulate. And what Stalin decided he was going to do was going to he was going to nationalize their farms. He was going to take them from them and put them into the uh, ownership of the state, if you will. And and basically. Uh, and I mentioned before the break that, that Hamilton, in, in two Federalist Papers, foresaw this and in, in was trying to attempt to keep America from going down a path like this. In the 73rd Federalist Papers, he wrote that a power over a man's support is a power over his will. And in the 79th Federalist Paper, he brought it up again. He says a power over a man's subsistence amounts to a power over his will. Okay, so so here's what's happening under whatever flavor socialism we implement, and we are well above our nose line. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're drowning in it right now in the United States of America, uh, uh, co- completely contrary to any constitutional principle. There is no authority for a government to own and control the means of production and or distribution. That's the definition of socialism. So whether it's from the Barrel of a rifle, or from uh, a ballot box, or an executive order, they cannot have that. And and even we have violated in terms of our federal lands that we hold. You know whether it's uh, national parks or BLM or whatever, there is no authority. Or even There's if they a-
1: do it from a uh, you know benevolent benevolent kind of idea like well we got to educate everybody thus the 10th plank of the communist manifesto government school steal from your neighbor to educate your children or whether it be something like hey you own land i'll pay you not to farm it or pay you to not grow anything on it peaceful handing out of fake money dishonest money okay whether it be soft or hard the principles and the end result of that road is the same doctor
8: you know i've i've you know, I talk to a lot of different people, and, and there's uh, one group that I've spoken to extensively lately, and they say, we're out of a soft tyranny now, we're in a medium tyranny. And, uh, you know, they, this idea of a hard tyranny is still a little bit down the road, perhaps, but we're well on our way, and uh, whether you call it um, a Marxian kind of thing, or a, a Hitler kind of thing, or a, a whomever, a Maoist kind of view on things, um, those that currently rule, and I'm not going to exclusively hang that around the neck of, of Democrats because most Republicans, I will look, for example, at, at Utah's legislature. It's overwhelmingly Republican, but the uh,
1: and overwhelmingly socialist.
8: There's no question about that. It's absolutely absurd what they're doing and they continue to hand off, and not, they don't hand it off. They shovel it out with great scoop shovels or backhoes or front end loaders or whatever. Our, our liberty, and, and they're handing off things they have no authority or right to do so. And, and like, for example, in the Utah Constitution, the, the law may only be created by the legislature or the people. There's a process by which the people, through the voting process, can create law. Most places, they can only create law, most, you know, like in the United States Constitution, you can only create law through the legislature. But the legislature continues to unconstitutionally hand off to the executive, the governor and the executive branch, authority to make law that's implemented as though it were law on the people in violation of the consent of the governed. And now this is happening just by plain usurpation at the national level by the executive signing orders, and it's happening when the uh, legislature... Uh, the House and the Senate create law, and they say, "Oh, we're going to we're going to turn this over to the executive branch, and they in turn will make the law in the IRS or whatever." It violates the Constitution. They cannot redelegate a power that was delegated to them by the consent of the people through the constitutional process. They either exercise it or they do not, but they cannot redelegate it. That was well understood by the founders. We can prove that with you know one of their mentors, John Locke, or. Thomas Jefferson or St. George Tucker. I mean, you can, we could quote at length their statements on how they said, you cannot redelegate a power granted to you, delegated to you uh, by the consent of the people under the Constitution.
1: And but, in, in Richard Mack's case, where he beat Bill Clinton at the Supreme Court, Prince Mack versus the United States, uh, it doubled down and said that there are dual sovereigns. The federal government has zero authority to commandeer state and local officials to carry out their
8: bidding by mandate. And not just state and local officials, but how about businesses? You talk about churches. You think about this. I mean, if banks are enforcing and becoming basically enforcement arms of some government agency, whether state, local, or national, or whether you have churches that have capitulated their divine role, if they ever had any, and claimed as, as direct and from God, they're now capitulating and saying they're going to become... Agents of the government by enforcement of these things whether state local or or national. It's just appalling to me
1: Very serious serious things ladies and gentlemen, so I wanted to bring up this operation choke point Uh, It's now uh, being dubbed operation choke point 2.0 because Trump tried to kill it, but Obama and Biden brought it back and we're starting to see more and more businesses get literally just shut down. No explanation, they just shut you down. And when you ask them why, they say, Well, you violated our terms of service. And then we go read their terms of service and then we come back and we say, and where have we violated your terms of service? And they just say, No comment.
8: Now the problem Well that is, happens with 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 the Facebooks and the Twitters and all yes. of these ports that we have out there. Everything violates their community standard, but you go how? I mean, uh, we're just little operators out there, Sam. It's not like the the whole world is hanging on our every word, unfortunately. You know, I mean, I say, if people, it's not that we invented these things. God gave us these things, and we're supposed to uphold these things. But anyway, we give this this spiel every time we get a chance for people to say, no more. We're going to live up to what we were granted originally. But you know what? We have been finding the censorship on messages that we put out, to be, I mean, they just shut you down. You violated our community standard. What? How? It, well, what? You're not putting out the correct or true, uh, you know, information. Where? I mean, we have subject matter experts that uh, that honestly, most of our subject matter experts, and I mean, you and I talking have have a lot more brain power than apparently our House of Representatives or our Senator or our President have in terms of being able to understand these principles. But, but they say, oh, no, 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 this, this is not the narrative. This is not the script. And so we are being shut down personally. We have experienced that. And it's absolutely appalling to me that this First Amendment thing has been turned the way it has. We protect lewd, crude, and, and uh, vile speech that is immoral in every case and, and protected by, quote-unquote, by the First Amendment. And what the First Amendment really was— the First Amendment was set there to protect political speech, to be able to expose things that were happening, and this right of assembly and redress and all this—the idea that you can, uh, you know, put out, I don't know, nude dancing or, or vulgar barge or whatever—is protected to the nth degree by the idiots that have run our courts. But they will—they are blocking. Uh, for example, the federal election committees have basically established a program where the incumbent is protected and the upstarts that might get into the process are are basically pushed under. The whole thing is upside down and backwards, and and we as a people don't understand this.
1: And, we ladies completed- and gentlemen, when they come for your arms, which they're doing now like you wouldn't believe as well under the Biden administration, when they come for manipulating the currency to where they'll just chop you off if they don't like your either your free speech your freedom to assemble that you might engage in, your religious worship, your freedom of the press, Uh, you try to push for a redress of grievance. I think I've named all five fundamental guarantees in the First Amendment. Um, You know, when you go for a redress of grievance, all they simply do is go, you don't have any standing. Or we're not going to judge the merits of the case. We're going to toss this out. I don't even know that a class action lawsuit can stop this because we don't have any money. They've stopped all of our funding.
8: Uh, Where do you go? It's interesting. It's interesting, back in the 19, in 1933, when Roosevelt confiscated all gold. See, that's real money. Gold and silver, I mean, thousands of years, you know, people have known there was intrinsic value there, and they've had that, and that's what the basis of American uh, money is. Stamped money, uh, you know, Article One, Section 8, Clause 5, and we can go back through all of that if we needed to. But what happened was, he confiscated gold. It became a federal offense to own gold. In fact, that's why when you get a, uh, I don't know if they're still doing it, but it used to be a few years ago that if you signed on for a um, a safety deposit box, you had to assure there would be no intrinsic value money that was stored in it, you know. And so, but if you had gold, let's say I had a few $5 gold pieces, and I wanted to go buy groceries or whatever. It became illegal to exchange in gold because of his complete tyranny that he was implementing. It was a Marxist approach that Pancho Villa understood. And um, and FDR implemented more completely, and we've been down this track for so long now, most Americans have said, well, I guess that's the way it is. What we need to do is realize that it's the wrong way, and we have a way back if we will simply look at our back trail and go back down that trail, pick up the pieces that have been falling off our Constitution, and re-implement them with vigor, strength, passion, in every way, shape, and form, and and uh, there is a way back. We don't have to have violent revolution. Amen. We Turn don't.
1: to God, family, and country, ladies and gentlemen. You turn to God, and we repent as a people so that he'll protect us and heal our land. Biblical reality for solutions. Secondly, turn to your family. Prepare, prepare, prepare is the answer when it comes to your family. Work on spiritual healing and spending time together and preparing uh, yourself. You need food. You need fuel. Uh, you need shelter, right? You need water. You need clothing, right? Those are some fundamentals that you need. And then when it comes to country, what you need to do is fund radio programs like this, okay? I'm not begging for your money to support my family. I've got a day job, okay? However, you know what? This stuff takes a lot of money, and we need your financial support. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net are the websites for us. Dr. Bradley's website, freedomsrisingsun.com. But when you donate to us, we'll use every penny to educate about these things. And if we, the American people, allow Operation Choke Point 2.0 to stand, I'm telling you right now, this will eventually become Operation Choke Point 3.0. Right now, it's affecting businesses. And you may feel bad and go, golly, I I wish I could do something for them. But they must be the bad guys or they must be doing something wrong. Eventually, it will become you and a rude awakening will occur. It won't just be businesses. It will be people. Anybody that does not go along with their agenda will eventually be, you know, um, herded into Operation Choke Point, ladies and gentlemen. Go read Revelations if you don't believe me. And I'm not telling you that it's the mark of the beast, but I am telling you that they are trying to control us using one currency to force us in and then two to lock us out in a blacklist. They're dividing the people, ladies and gentlemen, and we better be aware of it and stand up now. Donate liberally today, folks. It's the only time we believe in liberalism is when it comes to your donations. Just simply add zeros. We need every penny we can get so that we can broaden our scope and tell the tale of liberty. It is about God, family, and country. We're not negative. We believe in solutions. The solutions are for the American people to turn to God and stand together for the sacred cause of liberty. For Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.